City Pentecostal Church is committed to making disciples in Malawi and around the world by bringing people from a life of darkness into newness of life in Christ and full of the Holy Spirit. We'd like to remind you that we now offer two morning services at 9.30 a.m. and another at 11.30 a.m. every Sunday. At CPC, we also encourage our members to get involved. There are many benefits from being actively involved in a church. And although we emphasize that salvation is not by works, the Bible says we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works as an outworking of His grace. There is always a need that has to be fulfilled at our church, from a door greeter, an usher, to children's ministry, audiovisual ministry, or music ministry, to mention just a few. If you're interested in helping in any way at CPC and experiencing the joy of serving others, please get in touch with the church office. Welcome to the City Pentecostal Church Sermon of the Week. The title of this week's message is What to Do Before Giving Up. And we've all been there before, but we just wanted to quit. You pray day in and day out, but you find no positive change in your life. You start comparing your life with others and think, why is it only you that's going through hardship and troubles and everyone else seems to be prospering and blessed? As the days, months, and perhaps even years go by, your worries of life grow and you start losing hope. Pastor Harlan Purdy reminds us today that even though you may not see God's work in your life right now, during your suffering, He hasn't forgotten you. And just as Jesus told His disciples to always pray and not to give up, we need to remember what to do before giving up. Just want to read one verse before you're seated this morning. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 7. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. May God bless his word to us today in Jesus' name. You may be seated. One of the largest organizations in Malawi, believe it or not, is the Quitters Club. It's one of the largest organizations. How many of you have heard of it, the Quitters Club? Only a couple? Well, the reason you've not heard of it is because they never meet. The members quit. They just quit coming. And there are no dues for the Quitters Club because they quit paying them. The Quitters Club is comprised of people who faced a tough job, a tough marriage, a tough sickness, a tough failure, a tough you-fill-in-the-blank, and they quit. When the going gets tough, quitters quit, But the tough get going. The Quitters Club. Interesting club. What we need in Malawi, what we need in the church, are people 
who will exhibit good old-fashioned what my mother used to call stick to Now, I don't know if that's a word. Probably isn't, but it's a, but it's a good word. stick to Stick to it. My parents taught me, don't ever quit. Stick to it. Keep at it. Keep working at it. Keep going. Don't give up. Anyone who has ever run a marathon, you know that there are points in that race where everything in your system says quit. You hit the wall. There are times when when your legs say give up. There are times when your eyes hurt. There are times when your fingernails are aching so bad and they're screaming at you. Quit. Just stop. Do not another step. No more. You know the, the has turned into a And your toenails are saying, I can't take another step. So quit. But there's something you can do before giving up so you don't quit. Because this is no time to quit. This is no time to give up. Thankfully, some never quit. Hebrews chapter 11 is a tribute to the many ancients that could have, some would say should have, given up, but they didn't. There's a host of names, a host of situations that are recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. There are some unknowns. There, there are so many that the writer eventually simply says, and there are many others that refused to give up. In more modern times, Thomas Edison stands as the quintessential non-quitter. He could have given up. He makes an interesting statement. He says, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. He's trying to invent the incandescent light. It it, it says that he tried over 6,000 plant types of elements to see if he could make the incandescent electric light work. 6,000 different types of plant conductors. And then he tried just about every type of metal that you can imagine as a conductor until eventually he came to the one metal that would conduct electricity long enough to make the incandescent light bulb work and, and give light for a period of time. Have you ever tried anything 9,999 times and it not work? And you did it for the 10,000th time? I'm usually thinking about quitting on about number three. You know? Number four gets really tough. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a guy saying, 
I've not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that it didn't work. I... Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Interesting quote that I found. I couldn't find out who, who said it, but it says, Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. I wish I'd have said that. I like that one. Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and it looks like work. And that's true. If we're going to succeed, if we're going to get through, if we're going to, if we're going to be there at the end, if we're going to work our way through that tough job situation, if, if we're going to see irrigation as a solution to drought issues our, our world is changing climate change is all around us and and we have no guarantee that rainy season of 2016 is going to be better than rainy season of 2015 i pray that it will be but there's no guarantee however we do have the possibility of not relying on rainy season there are things that we can do but you know what it's dressed in overalls it's going to require people to pick up a hoe and do some work. It's going to require some energy. It's going to require some effort. It's going to require some planning. It's going to require some preparation. Will it all get done in a week? No. Will it all get done in a month? Probably not. Will it all get done in a year? I don't know how long it will take. But let me ask you, if it takes a decade... Is it worth a decade of effort to transform our nation from being food dependent to being a food supplier for South Africa? I think it is. But it won't happen if we don't leave the Quitters Club. It won't happen if we don't say, I don't care if it's 10,000 ways that it doesn't work. I'm going to try 10,001 because sooner or later, we will succeed. Now, that's just one example. Peter, Peter actually in this text speaks to the Quitters Club. He speaks to you and I who don't belong to it because I don't think there's a single member of the Quitters Club in this place this morning. I know you're being really quiet and, and you've, you've, you've kind of quit on me with the, you know, you don't want to pump the preacher up too much because he might get overly excited and he might preach longer than he normally does. And if he does that, then we're in big trouble. And I, so, so you're kind of keeping the pump machine down a little bit, seeing if that will help. That's okay. But I don't think that we've got a quitter among us. And so, Peter gives us some good encouragement. And he says to us, if you don't want to be a quitter, the truth is, you're going to be tested and you're going to be tempted. There are going to come times when the pressure will be on and everything in you will say, just give up. Don't try one more time. 
don't don't act on one more idea. Don't 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 go at it one more step. Just just say it can't be done. Peter says to those of us who don't want to listen to that voice, to everyone in this place this morning, you don't have to quit. There's something you can do before giving up. And so Peter's admonition, my message this morning, assumes that you're engaged. I'm assuming that we're actually engaged, that we're doing something, that we're, that we're attempting something, that, that there are some tough things on the horizon of our life that we are maybe struggling with, perhaps in business, may, maybe, maybe in some other area of your life, that, that there's a, a, a tough task, but you're engaged. You're engaged in it. You're doing something. You're already putting your shoulder to the wheel and, and trying to move forward and the pressure is pushing back against you and you may at some time or other sense, uh, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Well, don't give up. Here's alternative number one based on what we read in this text. Again, reading it to you. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Alternative number one, don't give up, remember. Remember. When that pressure comes, when, when that temptation to say the load is too heavy, I can't carry it one more step, I'm going to take the, take the knapsack off, I'm going to drop it on the side of the road, and I'm not carrying it up this mountain any further. I'll leave it here. Remember, remember God's promises. Hebrews 10 and 23. Turn there with me, if you will. Book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse number 23. The light's just about gone, I can hardly see. Let us hold on swervingly. To the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Folks, I don't know a lot. There's a lot of things in this world that I know absolutely nothing about. But I know this. God keeps his word. God keeps his word. God keeps his promises. Now, sometimes his promises are conditional. And we need to be aware of that. Sometimes God says, if you, then I. Sometimes the reason that we're not seeing the promise manifested in our life is because we're not meeting the condition. We need to be aware of that. But basically, folks, we need to understand that God keeps his word. What he has promised, he will do. You can take it to the bank. Matter of fact, it's better than taking it to the bank because I've had the bank lose some of my money. Anybody ever have the bank lose your money? And they never admit losing it. It's better than taking it to the bank. When you put your 
trust and your confidence and you stake your life on the promises of God, you're in a good place. You're in a good place. God is faithful. He keeps his word. We need to listen to the promises of God. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I I, I want us to be remembering that God keeps his word. So let's remember his promises. When you are feeling exhausted, when you are feeling as though you have no energy left, when you are feeling like I just can't go any further. Have some of God's promises tucked away in your back pocket and pull them out and start reading them to yourself. Because our God is faithful. He who has called us is faithful to keep us to the very end. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will be with you always to the end of the age. If Jesus is with me, I can get through anything. Hallelujah. That's his promise. God promises to supply our needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He promises that he will supply, that he will care for. He promises that if we lack wisdom to ask and he will give it liberally, what, whatever it is, Pull that promise out. Fill your heart and your life with the promises of God and remind yourself of them when you feel like quitting. Peter says, keep saying. One of the translations of, of this verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 7 says, keep saying. It's a translation of, of a very interesting Greek word. It's a word that, that really means mental alertness. Keep mentally alert. Control your thinking. Thoughts are powerful. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think yourself a quitter, you'll quit. If you think yourself an overcomer, you'll overcome. Build your thinking on the word of God and the promises of God. The the scriptures tell us that one of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives is, is renewing our mind through the word of God. So as you fill your life with the word of God, read the word every day. Memorize the word. Hide the word of God in your heart because it will become a tool that the Holy Spirit will use to transform your thinking, to transform your thinking away from the negative into the positive, to change the way you think about yourself, to change the way you think about your problem, to change the way you think about your nation, to change the way you think about your circumstances, to change the way you think about your God. Sometimes we put God in too small a box. We shouldn't put him in any box because he doesn't fit. God doesn't like boxes. He breaks out of them all over the place, makes it messy. So don't put him in one. Let God be God, creator of the universe. What is too hard for him? Nothing. So allow your thinking to be transformed by the power of the Word of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember, 
God's promises. Remember the end. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, the end is near. The end is near. You say, well, that was 2,000 years ago. Well, you see, you have to understand something. In God's timetable, the end is always near. The end is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers, is one translation of 1 Peter 4, 7. If we look at the overall text here in 1 Peter, if we go back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 17 and 18, we'll discover something that, that the Word of God dis- declares that as time passes, pressure will increase, pressure to conform, pressure to, to, to give in, pressure to not walk with God as we should. It will increase. Worldliness will increase. Worldliness, says David Wells, is what makes sin look normal in any age and righteousness seem odd. That's what worldliness is. We, we sometimes think of worldliness as really kind of evil and gross. And all worldliness is, is, is it, it, it makes sin in, in any age. It doesn't matter whether you live in the Middle Ages or, or in the 21st century. It makes sin look normal. And righteousness appear to be weird. Are we there? We live in a world like that. That, that if you want to be righteous, you look a little odd. The way you think, the way you behave, it's a little bit odd. That's all right. The world will always be trying to pressure us into conformity, to conform to its ways, to conform to how it acts, to give up, to give up on God, to give up on righteousness, to give up on the kingdom of God. Worldliness will allure us. It will capture our attention if we don't pay close attention to who we are and what we're doing. It will attempt to squeeze us into its mold. Persistent prayer and perseverance are necessary in order for you and I as God's chosen to remain true to the faith. In Luke chapter 18 Verse number 8, at the very end of that text and that parable of, of the, the woman and the unjust judge, Jesus asks a really strange question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find on the earth faith? It's a bad translation. In the Greek, the definite article is there. What Jesus actually asks is, when the Son of Man returns, will he find on the earth the faith? Referring to the gospel. Referring to righteousness. Referring to men and women who are walking in step with the kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus looks into the future and he sees the, the pressure to conform. He sees worldliness. He sees, he sees what's going to happen and he sees the quitting. And he wonders, when I come back, will I discover that all of my people have quit? That's a rhetorical question. And I think the heart of Jesus immediately jumps and says, yes. 
Yes. I'll find lots. I will find millions. I will find billions who are still faithful to the faith, that are still pressing on, that haven't quit, that haven't conformed, that haven't given up, that haven't said the kingdom of God isn't real, haven't said my, the promises of God don't work. They, they haven't said that. They, they are still pressing on. They are still saying that the kingdom of God and what I have purchased for them will change their world. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, if he comes today, he's going to find CPC standing up and saying, we're there with you, Jesus. We're walking in the faith. We believe. We believe. We are convinced our world can be better. We are convinced that Malawi can be better. We are convinced that tomorrow can be better than today because you live. And because you have all authority, because You have given us your spirit because you have empowered us, because you will give us a vision, because you will give us a dream, because you will enable us, because you will put a jump into our feet. You will put a step into our life and you will point us in the right direction and you will lead us all the way through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that with all my heart. Don't give up. Pray. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 to 3. Psalm chapter 40. I should say the 40th Psalm, because it really isn't a chapter, but. Verses 1 to 3. Read it with me. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my heart, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. I want you to know something, my friend, this morning. God does not love the psalmist more than he loves you or me. If he would hear the cry of the psalmist, he will hear my cry. He will hear your cry. He will listen to your voice. He listens to you when you talk to him. We talked about it last week. One mouth, two ears. Maybe speak half as much as we listen. But folks, we do speak. God wants to hear from us. God's hand is ready on the telephone receiver. Now, most of you here this morning don't remember the good old dial-up system. This is the system we're all used to right now. So I'll use this system. God walks around with his cell phone in his hand, watching, because he doesn't want it to ring twice. 
as soon as the ring starts, hey, I'm here. How you doing? How are things? Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. I understand. God is ready to take your call. And you say, but, but, but what if you call him the same time that I call him? Well, I don't know exactly how it works. But God has enough phones. And he has a, a, he, he's a multitasker. He can listen to you and me at the same time. I, I used to be able to read a book, listen to the radio, and be engaged in a conversation at the same time. I'm not so good at that anymore. But I used to be able to. I talk about multitask. I mean, I was a multitasker. I used to practice that in school a lot. The teacher was teaching. I was talking. <laughs> and usually had a book in under the desk that I was really interested in and was reading. And yes, I did pass. <laughs> Folks, you can bring it to the Lord. He cares. He will listen to you. Sometimes it seems like we don't know that he's listening. Sometimes it feels like he's not listening. But he is. And he will answer. Now we need to understand. Listen to what the, the psalmist says. I waited patiently. Why did he wait patiently? Well, that's because the response wasn't immediate. It's because, you know, the moment that he said, I need this, it wasn't, boom, it was there. There was, sometimes God waits. God will answer. He answers in his way. And he answers in his time. That's the part I have a trouble with. I like God to do stuff in my way and in my time. Anybody with me? Yeah, I struggle with that sometimes. But God answers in his own way. And what I have discovered is, is that God's way is always the best way. And his time is always the right time. Pray. Pray before, during, and after. And I'm just about done. Ezra chapter 8, verse number 23. Ezra faced an enormous task. He was being called by God to lead the children of Israel back to Jerusalem and to begin the work of rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple. And it was a, a big task. It was a, a tough task to try and lead that ragtag group of people back there to get a job done would have been a nightmare for, for the best politician on earth. And Ezra was being called into that task by God. He prayed. He prayed before they left. He prayed before he did anything. He prayed to get the mind and the heart of God before he started to act. But folks, he didn't just pray. He did something. Problem with a lot of people, or many people, or some people, nobody here, is we pray and hold our hands out and wait for God to do it all. Most of the time, God, you know, there are some things that we can't do, but most of the time, what God wants us to partner with him. So he wants us to get up and get going too. 
So pray and do. Pray and do. That's what Ezra did. He, he prayed and then he acted. He went and did what needed to be done. And he moved forward. He led that people back. And they began the task. Now they didn't complete it until Nehemiah came. But it got done during. I, I, I came across an, an interesting account while I was studying for today's message. Bill Hybels tells a story. It's a very interesting experience that he had after a baptismal service in their church. And this is what he writes. I bumped into a woman in the stairwell who was crying. I thought this was a little odd since the service was so joyful. I asked her if she was all right. She said, no, I'm struggling. She said, my mom was baptized today. I prayed for her every day for almost 20 years. Years. The reason I'm quiet, crying is because I came this close to giving up on her. At the five-year mark, I said, who needs this? God isn't listening. At the 10-year mark, I said, why am I wasting my breath? At the 15-year mark, I said, this is absurd. At the 19-year mark, I said, I'm just a fool. But I just kept trying, kept praying. Even with weak faith, I kept praying. Then she gave her life to Christ, and she was baptized today. I will never doubt the power of prayer again. Father, thank you for your word. Some here today may be feeling the pressure to quit. Some may be looking at the task and it's daunting. It seems like a mountain so huge. And they're being told by a voice inside that they'll never be able to reach the summit. Lord, I pray they won't join the Quitters Club. Remind us, O God, of the great power of prayer. And remind us again, O God, of your promises that if we will engage in the task that you place in our hands to do, if we will do the work that you've called us to do and we will water it with prayer and we will fuel it with the promises of God, you will make it possible for us to reach the summit. God, you can, you can make it possible for every positive change in the nation of Malawi that is needed to take place. You, are pos- you can make it possible for every mountain that needs to be climbed to be climbed, for every river that needs to be crossed to be crossed. Oh God, I pray right now that faith and hope will rise in every heart, that, oh God, a new energy will come into your church, that your people will again realize that nothing is impossible with God. With God, 
all things are possible. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we can make a difference. Things can change. Oh, we can find ourselves a year from now celebrating things that we never thought possible. Because, because what you call your people to do, you will equip and supply and enable them to do. I believe with all of my heart, Lord, that you are putting passion in people's hearts. Lord, you are unsettling people, no longer willing to just accept the status quo, no longer willing to let things be just as they are, no longer willing to say, well, somebody else can fix it, but you're putting something in people's hearts that will cause them to rise up and say, I'm going to do something. You're giving them a passion. You're giving them, oh God, a capacity to be a kingdom builder in this nation. Oh God, I pray that whenever that voice comes that would call for quitting, that it would be met with the response of remembering your promises, a response of prayer, a response of commitment, a response of saying absolutely not. There is no quit in my vocabulary. I will not quit until God says I'm finished. I will not quit until I hear the voice of my Redeemer say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the rewards of your kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will just reinvigorate your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Can we stand together this morning? Maybe some of you are here and the dream is about to die. Maybe some of you are here and you feel absolutely exhausted. You feel like you just can't go on. You can't face another day. Oh, friend, I want you to know that Jesus is here to strengthen you. He is here to empower you. If you would like for us to just join our faith with yours and pray with you today, we invite you to slip out of your seat and come and stand here at the front. And in coming, you're simply saying, God, I'm not going to be a quitter. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to give up on the situation. I'm not going to give up on whatever. I'm going to believe in your word. I'm going to trust your promises. I'm going to see your face. I know you're going to help me. I know you're going to give me what I need in wisdom. I know that you're going to show me what the next step is. I know you're going to lead me forward. I know, oh God, that you're going to make the provision that I can't make for myself. I know, oh God, that you're going to lead me onward and upward. I know, oh God, you're going to bring me across the finish line. I may feel right now like I'm hitting the wall, but this marathon isn't done yet and I'm not quitting. I'm not going to sit down and, and finish the race before it's done. I'm going to keep on keeping on, oh God. On your strength, I'm going to go forward and upward. How many in this place want to come and say, Lord, I just need I just need your help. I need your help. We can pray with you this morning. Hallelujah.
listening to this week's message of perseverance with Pastor Harlan Purdy. We pray that it has given you a renewed spirit of hope to not give up. Thanks again for listening and we hope to see you again next week. Goodbye for now and God bless.